Hey everybody, DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to be with you today. Whether you're from Parker Ford Church, a member here, attend, or just watching online, we're so glad to have you with us. Today in our midweek teaching series, we're continuing our series through the Sermon on the Mount that we're calling A Path Forward. And specifically, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37, where Jesus talks about letting your yes be yes and your no be no. So today's teaching is titled, Yes and No. Before we jump into the teaching, let's pray together and invite the Spirit of the Lord to teach us and guide us through his word together today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the Spirit that you've given us as we follow him to live a life in obedience and in discipleship to him, following the path of Jesus. Father, today, as we look at your word in Matthew chapter 5, we pray that you would enlighten our spirits to understand what you would have us uh, to, to know, to be able to walk with you and live in obedience with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' central teaching, his first sermon in Matthew 4, was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is right after his baptism, and then he's tempted after 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. He begins his public ministry with this simple sermon, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He then calls the disciples, some of the first disciples, and then he gives the Sermon on the Mount. So the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' response to the question, how do we repent, and how do we live as if it is true that the kingdom of heaven is truly here at hand? Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is Jesus' answer to this. It's his response for how we live in the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 20 to 48, so really the second half of the chapter, is Jesus' account of what a righteous person looks like. So this is where he talks about, as we've looked at in the previous weeks, where he talks about anger, he talks about lust, he talks about lying, he talks about all of these very real human issues, and he's telling us specifically how a righteous person lives. He says in uh, ver- chapter 5, verse 20, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This word that's translated as righteousness is the Greek word dikaiosune, uh, dikaiosune, and it means righteousness or inner goodness. Dallas Willard says the best translation for dikaiosune would be a paraphrase, something like, what that is about a person that makes him or her really right and good. For short, we might say true inner goodness. So in these verses, verses 20 to 48 of chapter 5, Jesus is talking about the type of goodness that a person in the kingdom of God, living according to the kingdom dictates of Jesus, the way of life that Jesus offers, this is the type of goodness that a person will have within them. Which leads us to our verses today in verse 33. Jesus says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, For you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. What a timely reminder to us in this highly partisan, divided, chaotic, 
filled with anger time in this political season. As we record this, it's late summer in 2020, and we're coming up on another what is sure to be contentious election cycle. And politicians on both the right and the left are going to make extravagant promises. They're going to swear that they're going to do this and that. Jesus says, don't live like that. Let your yes be yes and do what you say. Let your no be no. And if you say no, then don't do it. He says, anything more than this comes from evil. This is in line with what Jesus has been doing in the teaching, offering an alternative path to what the world offers. He has repeatedly said, you have heard that it's said, and this is the old way of living or the old kingdom, the world's way, but I say to you this, which is the kingdom's way of righteousness, of goodness. So we, uh, in the previous passages, we looked at when he said, when you're angry, According to the world, it was don't murder. But I say to you, don't even let there be lasting or abiding anger that leads to contempt within you. Or in the next passage, he says, you have heard it said, don't commit adultery. When you are experiencing sexual attraction, don't, don't follow through on it. But he says, but I, f- I say to you, don't even allow lust to be cultivated in your heart. And we talked about a couple weeks ago how one of the ways that this happens is by viewing one another as siblings as brothers and sisters. He goes on to say, when you have unhappiness, you've heard it said that you may divorce, as long as you offer them a pink slip, as long as you allow them to remarry. But Jesus says, in the kingdom, (laughs) in the beginning, it was not so. There's a deeper form of goodness, of righteousness, that he calls his people to. And then today's passage, when you desire for someone to believe something, keep your vows and oaths. That's, that's according to the old way. So when you swear upon something, follow through with it. But Jesus says, but I say to you, only say how things actually are or are not. No verbal manipulation. And that word manipulation is the key word for the passage, I think, today. When Jesus is saying, don't swear by the temple or don't swear by your own head, these aren't things that we would swear by today. We would, we would use other types of oaths, other types of promises to try to get people to believe what we're saying. But at the core of this, at the heart of this, is actually manipulation. When it's anything more than yes or no, there's a manipulative principle behind it at work. Dallas Willard explains this so clearly in The Divine Conspiracy. He says this, the essence of swearing or making oaths is to try to use something that, though it's impressive, is actually irrelevant to the issues at hand. To get others to believe you and let you have your way. This is wrong. It is unlike God. And just making sure you perform on any promises made to God in the course of it does not make it right. So if you swear on something and you actually go through with it, it doesn't make it right that you swore on that thing. Now here's why. The wrongness of swearing lies deeper. Willard says we are making use of people. We're using people trying to bypass their understanding and judgment to trigger their will and possess them for our own purposes. Whatever consent that they give to us will be uninformed because we have short-circuited their understanding of what is going on. When we do anything more than yes or no, we are practicing verbal manipulation, relational manipulation, where we are attempting to get the person on the other side to agree with us 
without actually their, their own discernment and judgment process allowing them to come to that same conclusion, which is why it's manipulative. Jesus says, don't do that. He says, again, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall actually follow through to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. As we're approaching uh, the election in just a couple months of when we're recording this, we're going to hear all sorts of promises that are made to us. And really why I wanted to release this midweek teaching series when I did A Path Forward was because I want to remind us as the people of God that our hope is in no political system that we will ever find on earth. Though surely some are better than others in earthly kingdoms, there are some that are more just than others. Ultimately, our hope is not in a political system here. Our hope is in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So we, as Christ followers, as people seeking to live in his kingdom today, we need to take that at heart and be the type of people who just live by yes and no and nothing more. We also need to be discerning that when others try to manipulate us through their fancy oaths or their grand promises that they make, that we don't allow ourselves to be manipulated, allow our own judgment and discernment, discernment to be short-circuited. We have to go through a process. Wisdom requires time. Wisdom requires thought. Wisdom requires prayer. Wisdom requires discernment. Wisdom requires learning and reading and listening and exploring and using our discipline, our self-discipline to understand the things that we're signing off on. So we want to be a people who not only swear falsely, we want to be a people who are simply yes and no people, according to the kingdom, but we also want to be a people who don't allow ourselves to fall for verbal manipulation. And so as politicians in the coming months are promising things, as uh, elected officials are making grand statements, remember that God has called us to be a people and God has called us to a kingdom that is simply yes and no. And in Christ, everything that he says yes to is yes and amen. And we can trust that and we can hold on to that. Not because Jesus has sworn by the temple or sworn by the cross or sworn by his father, but simply because he is the word of life and what he says is good and what he says will truly come to pass. And we can rest in that. So today, I'd invite you to read Matthew chapter 5 verses 33 to 37. Also, I'd like you to read James chapter 5, verse 12. James is the younger brother of Jesus, and in many ways his epistle, the, the letter of James in the New Testament, is a retelling of the Sermon on the Mount. Theologians have long pointed that out. So read James 5, 12. How does Jesus' younger brother James echo the same teaching that Jesus gave? Why could swearing be something why could swearing by something holy be manipulative? Why is oath-taking potentially a manipulative practice? And how does this teaching of Jesus offer us a path forward that's different, better, alternative to what the world has to offer us? 
I pray that this teaching is life-giving and hopeful for you. I hope that you take these concepts and continue to wrestle with them to learn how to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. May we live in his kingdom today and forever believing that it's truly at hand. Go with God. Have a wonderful day.